By the way, um, about 50 of you wrote this on the back of your card last week. And my question is, what happened to the rest of you? <laughs> Come on. Janie thought I wouldn't get any. So 50 is better than, than nothing. Uh, so I appreciate that. Put that first picture up there, Ashley. What is the most famous line from this movie? Freedom! Right? Well, I want to look at what Jesus has to say about freedom today. Here it is in John 8, 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Now, every one of us wants freedom and sin offers freedom. The Bible says that sin is fun for a time. For a time. It offers freedom, but what it really does, according to Jesus, is sin enslaves you. Every human being is looking for freedom. But the problem is there's God's plan for freedom and there's our plan for freedom. And we get in trouble when we follow our plan. And I think that many of you here today are not free. It's not that you don't want to be free. It's that you don't know how to be free. So what I want to do is take just a few minutes and show you, according to God's word, how you can be free. You may have heard this, this uh, translation, this verse, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Today, I want to show you how to be free indeed. But in order to do that, like happens so often here on Sunday mornings, we have to go back to the beginning. We have to understand where sin entered the world so we can understand God's plan for how we can be free. So number one on your listening guide is humans were tethered to God at creation. Anybody know what this is? Tetherball. Anybody play it? See if I can get out there close to Eric. All right, good job, man. It was close, Zach, but it didn't didn't do any damage. Good. I'd have a hard time explaining that on the insurance form. Now, the whole idea of this game, this tetherball game, is you have a ball tethered to a pole, right? Anybody play this game when you're younger? Anybody seen Napoleon Dynamite? He plays it really badly, but he tries to play the game. He gets beat by a girl. But anyway, he tries to play the game. And here's the deal. If the ball ever comes disattached from the pole, what happens? Pick that up, Caleb. You're supposed to grab it. He's like, I ain't touching. The game ceases to exist. The creators of the game said that if it's going to be a game, you tether the ball to a pole and the ball circulates around the pole. If the ball becomes detached, the game does not exist. In a very, very real sense, a spiritual sense, you were tethered to God the Father at creation. Humans were tethered at creation. Look what the Bible has to say about this. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. God the Father is speaking, and God the Father is speaking to God the Son, Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit. And he said, let's create humans in our image. So God created Adam and Eve in their image, um, placed them in the Garden of Eden, and they had this incredible connection with God. But something happened. Sin happened, rebellion happened, and it cut their connection with God. And there are all kinds of consequences associated with that because sin promises, promises freedom. But what it offers you is a poor substitute for God's original creation. And that leads us to number two. Our sins cut the tether. 
Your sins cut the tether between you and God. And so now you become detached from God. And look what the Bible says. Make no mistake. You have sinned. Look what the Bible says. Romans 3, 23. For everyone has sinned. How many people have sinned? Everyone. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. How many people have fallen short of God's glorious standard? All of us. No one can say, I've never sinned. My tether has never been cut. No one can say that according to the Bible. And by the way, I'm not guilty of sin um, because I'm born. I'm not guilty of Adam and Eve's sin. God the Father doesn't hold me responsible for the sins of the first people on the planet. God the Father holds me responsible for my sin. Their sins cut their tether. My sins cut my tether with God. And uh, have you ever noticed that we seem to know how to sin from the time we're born? You notice that? My parents didn't, didn't have to teach me to sin. They didn't sign me up for sin lessons. I wasn't, I wasn't selected for a sin select team. I just have always known how to sin and I choose to sin and my sins cut the tether. And have you ever thought about that? We all seem to know how to sin. You don't have to teach a child to sin. How do we know how to sin? Well, the simple answer is we're Adam's kids. We're just following in his footstep. We're not guilty of sin because Adam sinned. We're guilty of sin because we sinned. Adam and Eve sinned and they passed on this sin nature to us. And we follow through on sin when we choose to do what we know is wrong. So their tether was cut. They were separated from God. My tether is cut. I'm separated from God. And the problem is when you're separated from God, you spend the rest of your life trying to find something to revolve around. Kind of check out this video. You may have seen it. It's a commercial about what things are revolving around. Guys, remember, we're a solar system. Ours is down. And, um, it's only 10 a.m. Is that Saturn or Jupiter? Who's going to Jimmy Dean breakfast this morning? Is that Jupiter? Mm. Now let's orbit. I feel awesome. You're all awesome. Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwiches. Fight the morning fade. Jimmy Dean, shine on. I love that commercial. And I love breakfast. But Jimmy Dean wants you to believe that the, the key to life is a Jimmy Dean sausage biscuit. Janie fixed, we were at the lake this week, and uh, Janie fixed biscuits and gravy and deer sausage. And it was to die for. I came off the water. We'd been fishing for hours and I just gorged myself on the food. But that's not my meaning in life. I've got a deeper meaning than deer sausage, although it's good. It's good. And, and the thing is, we try to find something to revolve around. And in this commercial, when the planets revolved around the sun, everything was in order, right? Because the planets were doing what they were created to do. When you revolve your life around God or Jesus Christ, the S-O-N, the Son, then you're doing what you were created to do. When you choose to violate God's standard, then you float around in life and you try to find something to orbit around you or to orbit yourself around. And our lives look kind of like this. Let's say this is me. And because I'm a sinner, because I have a sin nature, and because I want what's best for me, then I try to find things that revolve around me. I try to find a relationship where somebody will revolve around me. And if they don't, then I'm going to find another relationship. And, and I want to find a job that revolves around me. There's not a lot of money there, but there's a little money there. And I want my, my job to revolve around me. I want pets to revolve around me. I want everything. It's me, 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 me. Y'all are wondering if I'm going to make it, aren't you? 
It all revolves around me because I'm a sinner and I want something to revolve around me. And when things do, if I find a relationship that revolves around me, I'm moderately happy until things don't go so well and then all hell breaks loose in my life. And if my job doesn't revolve around me, because it's me, me, it's all about me. I want you to revolve around me because I am a sinner and I've lost my anchor. And then we chase the next thing. And it may be drugs, it may be alcohol, it may be sex, it may be another cheap, shallow relationship. Anything that makes us feel good for just a little while and it revolves around us. But we're never going to get there because what we're doing is we're trying to put um, God-sized expectations on someone else. We're trying to be the center of the universe, which is what God is. And we're trying to get people to revolve around us to give us just this little bit of happiness. And uh, the only person who will ever meet your expectations is God. Oh, wait, wait. Rewind. Not even God is going to meet your expectations. You know why? Because you want to be center. And you want God to run around you. You want God to be like this little genie in a bottle that you only call on when you need. I need a wish. Come on, God, help me out. And you want to be there. And God says, no, 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 no. I am God. You're a mere creation. Yes, you were created in my image, but I will never revolve around you, God says. God says, you've got to get it right and come revolve around me. And then I give your life meaning and purpose. And a lot of you are feeling far from God today. And I believe it's because your expectations are unrealistic. Your expectations of other people. You've put God-sized expectations on people. My wife, if she tries to put me number one in her life, she will always be disappointed because I'm not God. She was designed by her creator to only be fulfilled when she follows her creator, when she revolves around her creator. When I revolve around my creator and my wife revolves around her creator, it draws us closer together. We can't help but have a better marriage because we're following the one who designed us and we're doing what we were designed to do. Now, we've been, our sins have cut our tether. We were tethered to God at the beginning. Our sins cut our tether. Number three, we need to be re-tethered to God. True freedom comes from God. This relentless search for stuff And this constant uh, flow of shallow relationships has a deeper meaning. Those are just outward symptoms of a deeper yearning. That yearning that was placed inside you while you were in your mother's womb was to be re-tethered to God. You have a God-given desire to be connected to God. And you're searching for it. You're searching for peace. But we're looking in all the wrong places. Look at Colossians 1, uh, 19 through 22. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled. Another word for reconciled is re-tethered. God re-tethered everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. So if everybody sinned, how many people were once far away from God? All of us. So that's everybody in this room, whether you're a Christ follower or not. You were once very far from God. You were his enemies, in fact, the Bible says, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled, there's that word again, re-tethered you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result of being re-tethered, as a result of what? Being re-tethered, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. 
This is amazing. If you choose to be retethered, all of that junk in your past, not only does God forgive, God redeems. Because your greatest mistakes in life can be the area of your greatest ministry. You've done some stuff that I haven't done. And you can have connections with people who are doing the same dumb things you've done. I have connections with people who are doing the same dumb things I've done. Together, we're supposed to reach the world for Christ and tell them about their need to be retethered to God. And we can do that only with God's power. People come to me all the time and they have these problems and it's, it's as if they're being blown around by every storm in life. This tough wind comes and it blows them over here. This tough wind comes, it blows them over here. And, and the reality is they have no anchor. They've got no place to hold on to in the middle of the storm. The Bible all the time talks about God as a refuge. God is an anchor. God is a rock that you can tie your life to. And the Bible tells us that before God ever created the world, he knew that we were going to sin and we were going to cut our tether. God planned, before he ever spoke the world into existence, before he ever spoke the universe into existence, God planned a way for us to be retethered to him because he knew we were going to mess up. So God made the plan. God the Father did. God the Son worked the plan. Look at Galatians 4. But when the right time came, this is huge because Jesus, uh, God wasn't just kind of dilly-dallying. He wasn't distracted. He wasn't um, playing around over here somewhere and not noticing what was going on on the planet. The Bible tells us that at just the right time, when, when the Roman government was in power, they had all the power in the known world. There were roads. There, were, there was education. There were, there were languages that were written down. At just the right time, when all of these things were going on, and God used all of that. God used even the Roman government to bring about the plan at just the right time, it says, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy what? Freedom for us who were slaves to the law. How many of us were slaves? All of us. If we've all sinned, we were all slaves so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Jesus Christ of his own free will voluntarily submitted to what God wanted him to do. To work the plan. He became a human. Lived a a sinless life. Accepted the role of sin bearer. You may have heard the song. He who uh, knew no sin became sin. That's a verse of scripture. Jesus Christ became sin for us. Why? So that we could be retethered. The whole reason was because he knew we needed to be retethered. We couldn't do it on our own. So he came to teach us that. To show us how. And he shed his blood. Well why did he have to shed blood? If you've been here any amount of time, you've heard us talk about the whole idea in the Bible is there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood of an innocent third party so that sinners who have cut their own tether could be retethered. The only way you get retethered to God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the sin had to be shed. Someone has to pay for sin. And and the way God's plan is either you pay for your own sin or Jesus Christ pays it on your behalf. The offer of peace is there. The offer of freedom is there. But the kicker is you have to choose it. You have to choose to be reattached to God. The very last words that Jesus spoke on the cross were, it is finished. What was finished? The plan. God's plan was finished. And he died. And he showed us the way to be retethered. God made the plan. Jesus worked the plan. Jesus completed it. But then there's a third step. The Holy Spirit personalizes the plan for individuals. He makes you aware of to be retethered back to God. 
Jesus said in John 6, the father is the one who sent me. No one can come to me unless the father draws him. So if you see someone asking spiritual questions, God is at work in their life. God doesn't do things haphazardly. God works in people's lives and he's drawing people. If people ask questions about God, then God must be working in his life. Well, how does he draw them, though? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes the plan personal to people. Galatians 4, 6. Because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. How much more personal can you get? When you're re-tethered to God, God sends his Holy Spirit to live in you. Before you're tethered, God sends the Holy Spirit to make you aware that you need to be re-tethered, that you're a sinner, that you've messed up, that there's something in your life missing. Once you say, yes, God, I want to be reattached to you, then God sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And his spirit living inside of you prompts you to cry out, God, Dad, to call God Dad. Now, some of you know my father, Charles Edward Washburn Jr., C.E., Chuck. I have my father's DNA coursing through my body. My blood, the blood came from my father. The DNA came from my mom and my dad. And I have a lot of characteristics of my dad that some of that's good. Some of that's not so good. But because I've been retethered to God, the Bible says that God's Holy Spirit lives inside of me. So I have the spirit of my heavenly father. And the more I live and the more I live revolving around God, the more I begin to look like a member of the family. And that's what God intends. God never intends. You know, last week we talked about come and see, come and and serve, come and give, come and die. God never intended for you to come and sit on your butt and just learn more and more and become a fat Christian. That's not God's plan. God's plan is he feeds you from his word. You push back from the table and you get up and serve. It's diet and exercise. That's God's plan. Sometimes um, people come up to me after service and and they'll say, uh, man, you you were you must have been reading my mail because you said some things today that spoke directly to me. Man, you did a good job. No, 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 no. That was God's Holy Spirit making the message personal to you. I've had people come up uh, and, and they say, oh, I just happened to be here. Oh, no, no, no. That was God's Holy Spirit drawing you. You're not here by accident today. For some reason, God wanted you to hear this message about being retethered. That's God's Holy Spirit making things personal for you. If I describe any scenario, that is God's Holy Spirit. And you can rec- uh, relate to that. That's God's Holy Spirit personalizing it to you. On the video last week, Debbie talked about she just loves the music and she said, you can just feel God here. Well, that's not the band. I love the band and they're great musicians. But that was God's Holy Spirit working through the band to make you aware of his presence. Right, Nate? Okay. He's always nervous that I'm going to say something. So You did good today, bud. He's got a sunburn and so he's kind of radiating up here. But you did good. You embarrassed yet? I'll stop right there. I could say so much more, but I won't. So God, we were tethered uh, to God at creation. Our sins cut the tether. We need to be retethered. Here's, here's the deal. You have the freedom to choose. Number four, we either choose to be tethered back to God or not. And some folks, it's like, but you don't understand. I like feeling empty. I like shallow relationships that never fulfill. I like running around like an idiot trying to find the next thing to make me happy. It's fun. (laughs) 
I like it so much, I'll stay disconnected from God in this life and the next life. You have every right to refuse. But here's the deal. Don't you ever say, how could a loving God send someone to hell? Because he doesn't. People with their lives, they either choose heaven or they choose hell. A loving God never sends someone there. A loving God made a plan to send his only son to live an innocent sin-free life, die on a cross in your place so that if you choose to, you can be retethered to God. That's what a loving God does. But if you say, I want to be separated from God, I don't want to follow anything God does or says in this life, God will honor your choice both in this life and in eternity in hell. It's your choice. So don't say God sends somebody there. You chose it. But you can also choose heaven. And the ball is quite literally, catch this one, in, in hell. It's your choice. So don't say God sends somebody there. You chose it. But you can also choose heaven. And the ball is quite literally, catch this one, in your court. You, can make, you can't make the choice for me. I can't make the choice for you. You've got to make a choice to be retethered back to God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have all done the work and you either accept it or you reject it. Come on up. You already made the noise. Come on up. <laughs> Glad it wasn't a surprise. Now, some of you want to be retethered. There's one more, yeah. And then watch the lights. All right. There is never a dull moment. All right, we're good. Can you turn on the stage lights there? Ah, yeah, now you can see. Now he turns on the lights. Okay, let's, uh, let's hear saying out there, because a lot of people believe that if you work hard enough, you can climb. Would, would you all turn that around just for? So we're going to need it around in a minute. If you climb, if you work hard enough, you can climb up the ladder and you can get to heaven. Well, let's, let's just talk about that for a minute. Uh, look, by the way, this is this is little Jamie and I started to name them like, you know, Peter and Paul or something, you know, the guardians of heaven or whatever. But he's James. James was the half brother of Jesus. So he's just going to be James. And, and this is Zach. And we're going to call him Zacchaeus because he's a wee little man. Um, <laughs> you gave me that. He gave me that earlier. So uh, so it's all good. So we got little Jamie and we got Zacchaeus here and they're going to help me identify what people tend to think about heaven. All right. First, since you're here, little Jamie, on this ladder, just based on this, this type of person, this terrorist, based on their actions, where do you think they would go on this ladder? Pretty low. Man, that's pretty high, dude. That's like halfway up there. You're leaving room for me up there, aren't you? All right, uh, Zacchaeus, how about an axe murderer? Where do you think they're going to go? Where are they going to go? That's multiple murders. Okay, yeah, axe murder is a single murder. Little Jamie and Zacchaeus are failing at their job. A rapist. A rapist. Okay. Here's a good one. Politician. Where do they go? 
<laughs> Satan. Oh, let's go to Zacchaeus here. Where would you put Satan on this thing? He's below a rapist. And he's below a politician. All right, I'm afraid of this. Where are you going to put me, little Jamie? Uh-huh. Well, you work for me, so... <laughs> I'm somewhere around a politician. That's all right. That's all right. I would have put me much lower, so I don't mind. Billy Graham. Billy Graham has spoken to more people about Jesus Christ than anyone in history. You would hand it to the short guy, too. Hand it to the short guy. All right. The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote half of the New Testament. Y'all weren't thinking this through before y'all started. All right, now, have you noticed what, what people tend to do is they say, they'll look around for the lowest people on the ladder and they'll say, well, I'm not like them. I'm really a good person. I'm, I'm no axe murderer. As if that's something to be proud of. Well, I'm not Satan. I'm not Osama bin Laden. I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a politician. Man, I would have had the politicians way down here. Y'all have a much higher approval than I do. But see, here's the thing. The comparison is not towards these folks. What, what the Bible says is the comparison is towards Jesus Christ. It's perfection or nothing. And Jesus is way up here. Explain this to the insurance company. We only practice this once. So, I fell, yeah. I fell, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, just leave me down there. That's where I belong. So, okay, here's the deal. This is how this can be summed up. Christianity is the only world religion where what you do does not matter. It's the do versus done method. Christianity is the only world religion that says, based on what Jesus Christ has already done, you can be retethered to God. And see, this is the cool thing, because I'm not even going to try this. Because once I've been retethered, lean it down, I'm not climbing again. You can do it, man. Go ahead, you're, you're clear, you're clear. Come on down, come on down. Because I've been retethered, keep coming, I can't reach it. The Apostle Paul is up here, I'm up here, Billy Graham is up here. There you go. Based on what Jesus Christ has done, based on the fact that we all admitted that we were sinners. Jesus Christ makes up the difference, and I'm up there because of what Jesus has done. has nothing to do with what I do in life. It has to do with what Christ has already done. Every other world religious system says, do as much as you can. Work, be nice, give to the church, go do things. Be as good as you can, and you might get one or two wrongs up the ladder. But the Bible says you're still going to bust hell wide open. Unless you're retethered and Jesus Christ makes up the difference. So don't think that that your life is simply based on what you do. I gotta stand there well. 
It's what Jesus has done. Do you see the difference? I either have to pay the price myself or allow what Jesus has done to re-tether me to God. Okay, take out your registration cards for just a second. Fill that out on the front, and then I ask you to do something on the back. If you understand the idea that you are a sinner and you need to be retethered to God, I want you to write down, I understand. Now, you may not have accepted it. You may not have, have prayed to Christ or anything like that, but you write down, I understand. This helps me understand whether the message was clear or just comical. I think we got the comical pretty good, right? Now, here's the difference in moving someone from here to there and someone dying and going to hell. Because according to the Bible, understanding that you need to be retethered is not enough. I've preached funerals where someone's laying in a coffin who understood that they needed to be retethered, but they never did anything about it. Saddest funerals I ever preach because I know where they are. And I know I'm saying to the family, this is not see you later. This is goodbye for eternity. And so I can't spend a lot of time on where those people are because that's just depressing. So what I spend the rest of my time on is trying to tell someone how they can be in heaven forever, how it can be a reunion. The best funerals are the ones I know where that person is. Because I tell everybody, we're going to see them again if you're retethered. The Bible says that we don't mourn like people who have no hope. So the Bible says, yes, you mourn. When my friends die, I mourn. When my family members die, I mourn. When my mom and dad pass from this life, it's going to rip my heart out. But as I stand there and talk at their funerals, I'm going to say, Dad, I'm going to see you. Mom, I'm going to see you. So there's hope. It's not enough to understand. You have to ask God to apply what Jesus has already done to wherever you are. And I don't care what you've done. You can be moved from where you are on this ladder up to equal status with Jesus Christ because of what he's already done. So you wrote down, I understood it. But the second thing I want you to write down on the back of your card, some of you, many of you have already done this. And so yours is going to be, I asked for it. That's past tense. Some of you, this is your moment where you're going to pass from this point to being retethered to God. And so you write down, I ask for it right now. Sit down. I'm asking for it right now. And I'll know that today is the day that you became a member of God's family. Now bow your heads as we finish this up. If you're asking for it right now, if you're one of those that today is your day, I want you to pray this simple prayer. God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. And please re-tether me to you. And be the leader for the rest of my life. A lot of you here, this was just a reminder. But if you were dead level honest today, you, you would say, I've not been close to God. 
If you were to talk to my family and ask them what my life revolves around, it would not be God. Yes, I'm a child of God. Yes, I'm in his family. But my life has been revolving around other things. Then today you need to admit that to God. You need to say, God, please forgive me for getting my priorities out of whack. Restore the joy of my salvation. Because some of you have been Christians long enough that you've forgotten what it's like to be lost. And you've forgotten what it's cost for, for you to be adopted into the family of God. And you need to be reminded today. So you just say, God, please take me back. Now, one other thing I want everybody to pray. And would you just say this silently in your mind? God, show me someone this week who needs to be retethered to you. That's a dangerous prayer to pray because God's going to use you to help them be retethered. So if you're going to pray that, you've got to be watching this week for who God brings across your path. And if you don't know how to tell them, call me. Call Zacchaeus or little Jamie. We'd be happy to help you tell them about Christ. Let's pray together and be dismissed. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you that my sins are not held against me because I've been retethered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I pray that today would be a, a changing, a life-changing experience for all of our folks here today. We pray this in your name. Amen.